Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Everybody, I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to primetime. Turns out President Trump has a couple of guys on the inside. We have new information. Some big Republican names could be in big trouble. We got a senior impeachment investigator here and brand new reporting on a suspicious Ukrainian money trail. Could it lead back to Rudy Giuliani? A wild week, but you have to see it for what matters. So let's get after it. All right, the way I see it, there are three big headlines. First, all roads to ruin run through Rudy Giuliani. And tonight, there's a new superhighway of suspicion. According to sources, indicted Giuliani associate Lev Parnas was being bankrolled by a wanted Ukrainian oligarch with ties to Russia. His name is Dmitry Firtash, and he was bankrolling private jets, limos, bodyguards, and lots and lots of cash right around the time that Parnas was giving half a million dollars to Judy, Giuliani. Why? We don't know the connection, but this not, is not good any way you look at it. And is this why the feds are examining Mr. Giuliani's financial records? Second, the height of hypocrisy. CNN has learned, as I said at the top of the show, some of the loudest members of the impeachment resistance, Jim Jordan, the ranking member of the Oversight Committee, and fellow Oversight Committee member Mark Meadows, they've been sitting in on all these closed-door depositions. Now we find out, then they're going to talk to the White House. That's right. They're accused essentially of pulling a newness, as in Devin, the former head of the Intel Committee, who had to recuse himself for running to Trump with committee material. Now, to be fair, Jordan tells CNN he's never divulged information to the White House that should not be divulged. Meadows says Jim Jordan and I have tried to abide by the rules as much as we possibly can. I invite both on the show on a regular basis. The White House has not responded to a request for comment. But look, lawmakers involved in helping craft the president's defense strategy is not good. What could they tell him that is not in public circulation that would be okay? Third, a CNN source confirms Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman said he raised concerns about that July 25th call to NSC lawyer John Eisenberg, okay, part of the White House House staff. Guess what he was told in response? Shh, stay quiet, say nothing. Politico, which first reported the part of the story, says a few days after Eisenberg told Vindman, allegedly, his team moved the transcript of the call to the highly classified server. And then again, he told Vindman, don't tell anyone about the call. Eisenberg was subpoenaed. Tonight, he's scheduled to testify Monday. Simple question. Why tell Vindman and then move the transcript into a secret server if the call was so perfect? So what does this all mean in terms of the scope of how the Democrats see impeachment? All right. So we got a great guest for that tonight. We're going to talk to one of the senior members of the House 
Foreign Affairs Committee, Congressman Gregory Meeks of New York. Great to have you here. Thanks for waiting for me right at the desk. I hope I didn't bore you. How could you be bored by this? So let's start with the last. Vindman says, I went to the White House, NSC lawyer Eisenberg. I said, I got problems with this. And he says, shh, say nothing. If true, relevance. Very relevant because then you're looking at a cover up Mm -hmm. uh, that goes straight to the heart of the matter. Uh, And I'm not going to, you know, I've sat in on part of that testimony, so I'm not going to talk about that. But that's why uh, soon transcripts will be let and the public will be able to see for themselves. And there will be public hearings on that based upon what we've heard in a private setting. But is there a good reason for for an NSC lawyer to tell someone who says he's concerned about the call? No, there's no good reason other than you don't want it out. And what has been consistent is uh, individuals have cooperated what the whistleblower said in the beginning and what Ambassador Taylor has said that has been consistent throughout the testimony, as known from the facts of those opening statements that have been revealed to the general public. So Jordan and Meadows, it seems like a flashback to Nunes to me. We'll find out through the details uh, what it is. But what is okay? to tell the subject of an oversight committee investigation about a closed-door deposition in that investigation? There is nothing okay in that. about general contours? There is nothing okay, because that's why they have come up with this uh, cover-up scheme. You know, what has happened in any investigation, generally, it is secretive, so that one witness cannot hear what the other witness is testifying to, so that you try to get a drive at the truth. But he's the president. Can't he get a little taste? No, no, the president should not, especially when he is a subject to the investigation. Just a general idea, because it's all political, and these guys believe in him. But then again, he shouldn't be in the room. Uh, If if they want to violate what's supposed to happen in the room, then they should not be in the room. And you know what? Then they go out and try to say that there's no Republicans in the room participating. When, in fact, in that room, there are always Republicans, an equal amount as Democrats, and they have the equal amount of time to ask each and every witness a question. And obviously, Jordan's and Meadows. Uh, Jordan and Meadows have been in, in the rooms and you have 47 members of the Republican Party who are in the committees that are investigating an impeachment. You say the cover up. What are you referring to? Well, it just seems as though, you know, there's, there's two sides that, that this goes. Number one, we've heard from the president's own mouth uh, that what well, he did. We heard from his uh, acting chief of staff that there was a quid pro quo. But then at the same time, you see, you know, the president says he wants his side out. He wants his witnesses to testify. But who is the one person that's trying to block and asking people not to come to testify? President. The president. Mm. We're saying we want the president's people to come. We want every, we want, we're trying to drive for the truth. And it's the president's the only one that's trying to prevent folks and telling folks not to come to testify. So how bad is what Jordan and Meadows did, given that Nunes did something that's every bit what they acknowledge and then some and nothing happened to him? He voluntarily recused. Well, I think that what's going to happen here is that when we move to uh, to unveil what the the transcripts say and have this open testimony and the American people get a chance to actually see, listen and verify for themselves the veracity of these individuals that testified. You know, I know the people that I heard. I want the American people to hear who they are. People said the same thing with Mueller. And when he came up, he was a dud. Well, look. This case... No and, disrespect. And, and, no, no, no. But he didn't but move Mueller, the, he didn't Mueller, move the Mueller, 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 
I think we got to look at those uh, that examine and what he did, because I think it was substantial when you read his words. But when you talk about patriots, He's like Ambassador Taylor, uh-huh. like Mr. Vineyard, these are people who they don't care about Democrat, Republican or independent. So you think seeing is believing? About. Absolutely. All right. It's the, compelling testimony. The last one, Rudy Giuliani. Now, I'm not making any allegations. But the two people that he was paid by, that he was undoubtedly working with and trying to find dirt for the president, were guys under indictment right now. Now we learn that one of them was getting a lot of money from a Ukrainian big shot oligarch, which usually means you got connections to Russia. And we don't know why. Uh, the story with this guy, Furtash and Parnas, Parnas is the guy who was under indictment for working with Giuliani and shuttling Russian money into elections, is he was paid for an interpreter. Interpreter getting private jets limos, private security, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash. At the same time, it goes to Giuliani and the FBI is taking a look at Rudy's money records. What does it mean to you? It means, again, uh, and, and I add this, you know, when you look at the president of the United States who have instructed Giuliani and others, I want you to talk to this president. Well, I want you to talk to the Ukrainians. I want you to make sure that uh, you get information on Biden, which then goes to show that one, as Nancy Pelosi has said over and over again, all road leads back to Putin. But number two, it goes to the president's abuse of power. It goes to the president who withheld this dollars, thereby hurting our national security by holding dollars uh, that our ally needed to protect against our Russian enemy, as well as the president violating his oath by trying to get a foreign government involved in our 2020 elections. And he's utilizing Giuliani and those individuals who are indicted. And again, remember, if you just go through the entire Trump administration, how many of his people are now in jail and have been convicted? It is a criminal conspiracy that you can see that's taking place with the president up top trying to say there was no quid pro quo on one hand, when clearly he says, well, there's no quid pro quo, using the words, but then says he's demanding that the president comes out, President uh, Zelensky comes out and make a statement in public record. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's holding the money. So it seems clear to me that uh, there is the attempt to cover up. And I warn folks that's close to the president that don't want to tell the truth. Everybody close to Richard Nixon, except for Richard Nixon, went to jail. And I think that when you start hearing individuals uh, testifying and if they're not telling the truth, they're in danger themselves of going to jail. Talking about anybody in particular? Well, one Rudy Giuliani. Well, he hasn't testified yet. We'll see what he says. (laughs) Congressman, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Very heady allegations. All right. If we're going to talk about breaking news and what matters, the congressman said Nancy Pelosi, he referenced, saying all roads uh, run down to Putin. But for sure, what we know is that Rudy Giuliani is at the middle of all of this in terms of the dividing line between this just being a legitimate interest in corruption by the president. If it was, why did he try to get this information in such illegitimate ways? What do we mean by illegitimate? This new information about who Rudy Giuliani was working with and who they were working with is a big Deal. We're going to bring in one of our intrepid reporters who broke the story. No one knows more than she. Vicki Ward, next. All 
All right. Now, we knew already that the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, is having his financial ties examined by federal investigators. That probe is sure to look at the half million dollars that Giuliani was paid. We don't know what for, but we know when. In the fall of 2018, by a man named Lev Parnas, one of his two associates arrested last month on campaign finance charges. Now we have reporting from our Vicky Ward, and it takes a closer look at Parnas and where his money was coming from that he may have used to pay Rudy. The source, a Ukrainian oligarch suspected of having ties to the Russian mob. Vicky, thank you so much for coming in on short notice on a Friday night. Um, and Furtash. The yes. man, the Ukrainian oligarch, is sought by the United States right. on a bribery investigation already, having nothing to do with this. Right. For five years. They've been looking for him. Yeah. So there are sort of three different threads here. So you have Dmitry Fertash, Ukrainian oligarch, exiled in Vienna. The number one thing he does not want is to be extradited to America. So what he was looking to do this summer, Chris, was change lawyers his lawyer for the last five years has been Lanny Davis, Democrat. He was looking for a lawyer with ties to the Trump administration. He meets Lev Parnas, who, as we know and we've reported, has become very close to Mayor Giuliani, has paid Mayor Giuliani, and in return has tried to uh, sell access to Giuliani and to senior White House officials in exchange for money from foreigners, a lot of people with ties to Ukraine. But we don't think Parnas took Furtash to Giuliani. We think he took them to other Trump-friendly lawyers. We know, so what I report, is that Parnas says to Furtash, let me introduce you to Joe DeGeneva and Victoria Tensing. His wife. Yes. Both great friends of Giuliani, both great friends of the Attorney General, Bill Barr. Uh, thanks to Parnas, Furtash hires Joe DeGeneva and Victoria Tensing. And gets them a meeting. And gets them the meeting with, with the Bill AG. Barr. Now, until now, DeGeneva and Tensing claimed that Parnas's only role in this was as a humble interpreter. But what my reporting shows with my colleagues at CNN is that suddenly this summer, Parnas was flush with cash and bragging that his new expenses, he had 24-7 bodyguards, he was uh, chartering flights, six flights up and down the East Coast, one of which Rudy Giuliani was on. And he was saying... All these expenses are being paid by Dmitry Fertash. He starts hustling uh, energy magnates uh, for deals that he says he's going to do on behalf of Dmitry Fertash. So the question then becomes, Chris, is Giuliani the pawn now for a, a, a Ukrainian oligarch who is using him to buy influence uh, at the highest levels of our government. And why was Rudy Giuliani using someone like Lev Parnas? We don't know why Parnas was paying him, but why was he using Parnas, Fruman, and a couple of other guys to look for dirt on Biden if it was just a legitimate corruption investigation? Well, that's exactly right. So I think, I think we've done a lot of reporting that the whole appeal of Lev Parnas and his associate Igor Fruman, both of whom were born in Ukraine, was that they kept promising Giuliani information uh, on Biden. They promised him connections on Biden, and this and it's and and Giuliani has been driven um, 
you know, I think his circle would say, to the, to sometimes to the point of madness mm. over his quest to find dirt on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Vicky Ward, this is such important reporting because this general notion of pushback to the impeachment allegations is the president was just doing something in the public interest. But boy, did he avoid the normal channels. Thank you so much for the reporting. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Let us know when you have more. Uh, have I will. Weekend. All right. So two of the president's chief defenders, another big headline on our watch. They have been going to these closed door depositions. Then they've been going to the White House to talk to lawyers to help craft the president's defense. Is that okay? Let's put it to Cuomo's court and a couple of other big issues next. So we've got Republicans listening to depositions, which is their right, and then consulting with White House lawyers, which seems very wrong. We have several witnesses attesting to the fact that there was a concerted effort to keep the call quiet amid vast concern of a potential bribe. So where does that leave the defense strategy? Cuomo's court is in session. Asha Rangappa and Harmeet Dillon. Harmeet, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Asha, thank you for coming in on short notice. Uh, Let's have a session called, Is That Okay? Asha Rangappa, uh, (laughs) let's start with uh, Jordan and Meadows. I call this pulling a newness. They listen to the deposition, then go to the White House, and they say, we did nothing wrong. Could they do something that's okay here? I think it really violates the integrity of the process uh, if they're coordinating with the president's lawyers. This is a quasi-judicial proceeding, and just like the FBI or DOJ prosecutors wouldn't be consulting with the subject of an investigation and his or her legal team, they shouldn't be doing this at all. But— Uh, Chris, you know, this does undercut the criticism that the president has not had a chance to have his lawyers present in the hearings. I mean, if basically Jordan and Meadows are acting as sort of proxies or extensions of Trump's legal team, then they've been there and they've been to all the hearings and they've been there to act on his behalf. So I think that that uh, criticism goes out the window. My biggest question is, why does Trump not have a real legal team? Um, I mean, these are not... As far as I know, Mark Meadows is not a lawyer. Jim Jordan does have a law degree, but he would not be the person I would be depending on Mm. uh, if I were the president. Um, He needs some serious constitutional lawyers to be advising him, not, you know, Crab and Goyle from, you know, Harry Potter. Good reference. Uh, First of all, Rudy's a little busy. And uh, DeGeneva and Tensing uh, may be (laughs) conflicted out from what we just learned. I don't want to litigate. Um, whether or not uh, the president should have representation, because these are depositions during Clinton. There was no representation by the president. Open hearings are a different question. My question uh, from Asha to you, Harmeet, is if Jordan and Meadows go from deposition to White House to consult, how is it okay? Well, first of all, Chris and Asha, you actually don't know what is being said there. But what we do know is what's coming out of those depositions is a lot of leaking by Democrats. And what's been reported, including by your network, is that what these two members of Congress on the Republican side are doing to the extent that they can publicly is pushing back on the false narrative being painted by Adam Schiff and his cronies and saying, well, the way that they spun that testimony publicly, that isn't quite right. That isn't quite true. And I see nothing wrong with 
with that whatsoever. Second, with respect to this being a so-called quasi-judicial proceeding, um, that's really not true either. In a quasi-judicial proceeding, I was actually in court today in front of a jury, so I, I know what one is. And in real life, I know life, what one is, and I've never been in front roles. of a jury. There are separate roles for a grand jury that is a jury of people who are mm. not actually sitting and judging, who are not the prosecutor, and who are not uh, a political body. So the, the impeachment inquiry is not a court and not a grand jury. Right, that's but a, I, but that's Harmeet, a false premise. Harmeet, I think you're— so, I, I, wait a minute. Let me just finish, Chris. Oh, 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 right, no, so, no, because so, i got to no, check you right let Asha, you, you, you let Asha go on I know, on but she didn't say anything that offends like, the facts. Go ahead. And, and, and pretend like the uh, president is looking for lawyers among the members of Congress who are sitting there. He isn't. He has lawyers. I'm His sure. lawyers are not permitted there. That is correct. I'm sure. But it is also illegitimate for Adam Schiff to go out there and leak selectively and spin and tell lies. And so to the extent right. that these I'm, members of Congress are pushing back in the political process, totally legitimate. You're making assumptions about him leaking. I had him on the show last night. He wouldn't tell me anything about any of the testimony except to say- You wouldn't have say, a show if he weren't leaking. All of CNN is full of the leaks that are coming wait, wait out of those rooms. Wait a minute. You're saying these witnesses haven't provided almost all of them testimony before they went in? The answer is yes. So don't say what you don't know. <laughs> That's now, not what the leaks let me are. Ask you, That's not what the leaks are. But you're making up leaks. But hold on. Your hold network on a second. is full if of If you want to talk about leaks and you want to talk about something you don't know, let's talk about the same point, but what we do know. What we do know is this, and I can prove it right now, and you can prove nothing of what you've said except to speculate. Jordan and Meadows both admit they've gone to the White House after depositions to talk to White House counsel about the general contours of what's happening in the room. How is nothing it okay? With that. How is it okay for a Congress member with oversight responsibilities to talk to the subject being investigated about what they may have on them. The one on your show last night is talking about what's going on in that room all over Washington, and so are many other Democrats who are spinning this. So there's nothing wrong with... Then why did Nunes the have to recuse narrative. himself? There's nothing... That, that's a different investigation, totally different. Let, let's not mix apples and oranges. How? And by the way... It was the select I don't committee. Think Nunes... Excuse me, Nunes did not have to recuse himself. He chose to recuse why? himself. So let's not tell lies either here, I said, Chris. why did he true. recuse himself? And if you, you accuse a lie on that. this show, Can you I better back it up. Go ahead, Asha, get it. Yeah. So, I mean, courts and scholars have characterized impeachment proceedings as a quasi-judicial proceeding, um, and it is analogous in many ways. But even if it isn't, um, even if it was just congressional it oversight, since when can the members of Congress go from committee to the White House? It's basically—but, you know, I think the bigger—the bigger— the bigger question here, Chris, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of the president, if they're responding to every little leak and, you know, how are you going to defend this? I mean, the big legal problem here is that it seems to me that the president does not have a legal theory of the case. Um, you know, he should be grounding his defense in, you know, some kind of constitutional argument. Uh, you know, I mean, even President Nixon's argument was that if he's the president, it's, it's legal. I mean, he has nothing like that. He doesn't have any kind of serious theory that is coming out. It's just throwing spaghetti against the wall. And now you have this, you know, the latest, which is after there was no quid pro quo, now it's there was a quid pro quo, but, you know, it's not so bad. Um, th these are not serious defenses. And I don't think he fully understands the magnitude of the legal jeopardy that he is facing, um, even if not in this proceeding in the court of public opinion. Harmeet, what is the best defense to framing what happened between the United States president and the Ukraine president as a bribe. 
The best defense is actually that uh, that transcript and what the Ukrainian president has said about it. There was no quid pro quo. There is no impeachable offense. And the there's Ukraine nothing to president said there yet. was no pressure. There's nothing. There's nothing to defend as yet. The pre Ukraine president didn't even know that the president was considering holding up aid, like he does, by the way, with most that's countries. Not that's, that's, well, that's, that's not true. That's not true. You don't. Okay, fine. Uh, that is what's that is what's out there that I Bill know. Taylor in terms of there being a defense, there's no there, there's no defense to be had yet because this is just an investigation. When there's time for a defense, I can assure you that there are plenty of lawyers working on this right now. All right, I appreciate Armita. It's Chris, good to have Bill you on the show. Bill Taylor's opening ahead, statement. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Taylor's opening statement twice mentions that the Ukrainians were incredibly concerned that the aid was being withheld. Um, they fully understood that it was being withheld as these negotiations for having a meeting and for making a public announcement about an investigation into the Bidens were happening. I but, mean, un unless the allegation is that Bill Taylor was right. Lying. But Harmeet's point is this, and it's a fair one. We're not in the trial phase. This is the investigatory phase when they open it up to hearings and we get to hear and see these things for ourselves. And the president should have counsel in there. But the to premise rebut of her defense is wrong. Well, she's saying there the is no reason for a defense, defense yet, which I'm There's fine no with. There's no defense yet. There's a yeah. process. We aren't there I'm, yet. I'm, I'm fine with that. Work. I'm fine with that. Okay, I just don't think you. the members of Congress should be walking over to the White House. They have their own job to do. But I appreciate you doing your job here tonight, Harme uh, tonight Harmeet. You're welcome back on the show. And Asha, thank you for delaying the vacation. Thank Thank you for coming on the show. Enjoy yourself and be well. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you both. Have a good weekend. We heard from a top Democrat in Congress. Ahead, got to get the other side. A GOP congressman who's in lockstep with the president. What does he make of colleagues working with the White House? Is he all right with that? What does he make of these latest developments? You're going to hear it next. All right. So what do we make of this situation? The president's proxies, really, in Congress doing double duty? investigating him as the Constitution provides and then going to the White House to give guidance? It has to raise real questions, especially if you're going to scream about the integrity of the process. So let's bring in Texas Republican Randy Weber back onto the show. Congressman, welcome back to primetime. But first, I know you had a hard time getting here tonight. I know an accident was involved. Thank God you're OK. And thank you for continuing on your way here. God bless. And I wish you a safe rest of the weekend. Thank you, Chris. All right. So thanks for making uh, the trip. So Meadows and Jordan, uh, here's the concern. Uh, it doesn't seem right for one of you guys to go from your oversight capacity to the executive branch whom you are overseeing and talking about what you saw and heard in a closed door deposition. How is that OK? You know, Chris, it's interesting that the president's not allowed any representation in this process. His lawyers can't be in the room. He's not allowed to confront the so-called whistleblower, the witness against him. And y'all want to people want to complain about Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan going to the White House. You have to trust their integrity just as much as you, I guess people would say, trust Adam Schiff's integrity, who has leaked a lot of things, spoke to the whistleblower ahead of time. Uh, has absolutely controlled this situation to where Republicans can't be in the room. We had to basically break into one of the rooms uh, a while back. They, we're not allowed the transcripts. We can read the transcripts as long as we have a Democrat staffer watching us. Right. We don't get access to the process. And Mark and, and Jim, who have been in most of the hearings, right. you people assume that they're doing something improper, because they speak to the White House, 
Yet Adam Schiff can do everything he wants, hold up the process, keep Republicans out, keep the okay. public at bay. The president doesn't get due process, and he's not question about all that. Right. I, talk I, about a I, double standard, Chris. I hear all of it. Uh, I was making notes as we went along because I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, my rebuttal questions to you are, number one, this is a deposition, not a hearing. The president, nor Clinton, and even Nixon early on, no president has ever had representation inside a deposition. Henry Hyde did over a hundred of these. Clinton never had an attorney in any because it's the investigatory phase, point one. Point two, you guys have people in all of them. You had people in the room, in the skiff, when the Gates gang busted in there. You had Republicans in there. So there are Republicans in all of them. And you never answered my question. The president's not supposed to have representation at a deposition at this point. Why is it okay for a member of Congress to go from their oversight role to go to advise the White House on a defense strategy? You're making an assumption, Chris, that somehow they're saying, uh, you know, uh, improper things to the White House. How you could they not? If they're saying anything, how could it not be improper? They said they're giving general well, contours, but if it's anything beyond what's public, how's it okay? You know, that's the, the major problem with this entire process, in my view, is that they're assuming what the president meant on a phone call, although he didn't say it. The Ukrainian, Ukrainian president didn't believe that it was any kind of quid pro quo. Or a quid pro quo. People are thinking the Ukrainian there was an president motive. said they're he wasn't to, under pressure, Congressman. He never said there wasn't a quid pro quo. They're wanting to impeach the president for their interpretation of, of imposing upon him their belief, their attitude. And, and now here you're trying to, do, or I should say people are trying to do it with Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan. No, no, I don't want to impugn them. I asked them both on the show, Congressman, to be honest. I love having you on, but obviously I'd want to have the people who are the direct subject of the allegation. I'm all about hearing out why they did it. But they say they went from the legislative to the executive, two separate branches of government, one with oversight over the other, and they say provided general contours of an understanding of what happened in the deposition to help the White House defense. I don't understand. It's certainly not in the Constitution to do that. Why is it okay? Let me ask you this question, yes, Chris. Sir. Do you realize that, pre that members of Congress go into classified briefings all the time? Yes. And by law, we're not supposed to reveal what's in those classified briefings. True. I'm sorry? True, yes. Oh, true. In the affirmative. And so members of Congress are counted on to do the right thing every single day of their lives, basically. Yes. And just because Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows sit in on these hearings and they go and sit down with the, with the president, are they automatically guilty of something wrong? It's like that's what they're accusing the president of. He's automatically guilty of doing something wrong. He's assumed guilty, not innocent. He's guilty before being proven. I think it would be that's the very, problem. I think it would this. be very wrong to do that. And when politicians do it, unfortunately, it's a political process, but it's wrong even then. And this is just the investigatory phase. And I and you and I'm sure a lot of other people are waiting for the hearings to make our own judgment about whether this even rises to the level of an article of impeachment. But it still doesn't answer my question. Even if no, other I, people I are leaking, your, I, even if they're not, Chris, leaking, I don't agree with your last comment. I don't agree with your last comment How that so? people are going to wait to the hearings. The Democrats have already judged this president is guilty. They've been looking for a way to impeach him since day one. For Pete's sakes, one of the Democratic congressmen said in a TV interview, we've got to impeach him he, because we're afraid he'll get reelected. Did they, did they make the president 
offer a bribe to the president of Ukraine and insert his president to work to his his lawyer to work with these shady guys who have connections to a Ukrainian oligarch to look for dirt on Biden? Did they make him do that? His his president, this president never offered a bribe. The president of Ukraine wanted help in cleaning up corruption over there. He, president Zelensky brought up the corruption first. President Trump said, here's a couple of things you want to look in. It's not president Trump's fault that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden got but caught up But if he wanted to look at Biden, and, uh, you and I both know, Congressman, the proper channel is to go to the DOJ or the FBI or through at least diplomatic channels, not to insert your lawyer into a shadow operation. When the, you, when the president of Ukraine asked for help draining the swamp basically over there and the president said, here's a couple examples, it's not his fault that the Bidens were part of that. The only that corruption, you think that President Zelensky's concern about corruption in his country had to do with Biden and the DNC? Because he never mentioned it. He said, Giuliani did, told me about your interest in the you, DNC and in Biden. Did, did you read the transcript? Yes, many times. I think I might even have it. Oh, here it is. As I have, too, sitting in my notebook on my lap. And I will tell you that President Zelensky mentions it first. He, he commends yes. President Trump for dealing with corruption over yes. here. He asks for help in Ukraine. Yes. Now, I don't care if you're Biden running for president. He asks for help with missiles. I don't missiles. care if you're Biden's son. He asks for help you with missiles. You don't get to pay for play. You don't get to have in, sell your influence. Wait, first of all, and yes, you do. What's, Congressman, of course you do. You are allowed, even when you work for the United States government, to cut personal deals for advantage, even while you're doing the job for the U.S. government. It must be legal because the president's daughter is doing it right now. Ivanka Trump, the representing the U.S. government, went to China and got a bunch of patents right when she was meeting with President Xi. And that's OK. Chris, so isn't it OK? Just another example. Just another example of anti-Trumpism you just quoted. How is the, what the that president's okay? family? The president's family has been involved in business around the yeah. world for a long time. So you can Indeed, keep doing it while you work in the U.S. government? To go to the White House. So you can keep... So the, as they can make business, they can do business, they can make money while they're working for the U.S. government. Really? They're not selling. Absolutely so, they can. Wow, I didn't if know that. If you have business interests... If you have business interests around the world before you get in office, getting in office doesn't preclude oh, you. Oh, I didn't know that. Money. So, My Congressman, gosh, if you had a business beforehand, so you can take a meeting and say, by the way, before I talk to you about this policy, I'd love to get a new contract for my shipping company. I didn't know you there could do you that. Go at it, there, there you go at it again, because I'm Chris, being facetious guilty. because we You're know you can't do it. We know Ivanka Trump did it. I got a whole, I got a whole readout are, on it. You are literally hitting at the heart of what's wrong with this impeachment. The hypocrisy the, of the it. The Democrats are assuming guilt before innocent. You just quoted another talking point. I'm from saying there. that if you're upset about what Biden's son did, and by the way, I think I'm one of the few people on television who has said, I don't like what his son did. I think it's wrong. I think the VP knows that, and that's why he wants to change the rules if he gets to be president. I don't like people making money off their family operations. What I'm saying is the idea that this president was worried about it going on in Ukraine, but he ignored normal channels. He ignores corruption in his own administration. He ignores it in his own family, and he uses his lawyer to do a shadow operation to get it done with two wise guys who wind up getting indicted doesn't sound like the most legit thing. 
None of that's true, Chris. It's this all president was true. having a conversation with another president. You're assuming he's guilty before he's he said, "Do example. us a favor and asked for him to look into the Bidens and talk to Mr. Giuliani." The president of Ukraine asked President Trump for help in cleaning up the swamp. Not with the Bidens. you you're, <laughs> again, it's not President Trump's fault that the Bidens were in an apparent only paper reason place the Bidens came influence. up was because Giuliani asked the Ukraine government to reopen the case. But Congressman Randy Weber, I appreciate the zealousness, especially on a night where you were almost in a car accident. So God bless you. Thank you for coming here. Have a good weekend. I'll see you again. Chris, it's good to be here and to hear your opinion. Good night. (laughs) It's just an observation on the facts. But listen, got to keep the dialogue going because you people are going to have to make two different decisions. Was this wrong? And should it be punished? Now, how hard is that? You got zero Republicans. Weber is not unusual. Zero voted to move forward with the impeachment inquiry, even though the rules are the ones they made up for Clinton. Why? Because we've got a tough task. And by we... I actually mean the Democrats, and I think they're in a hard jam, and I'll tell you why next. I see two tasks for the Democrats. First, they have to show that the president abused his power by trying to bribe Ukraine's president. That is, the offering, giving, soliciting, or receiving of any item of value as a means of influencing the actions of an individual holding a public or legal duty. This is, at worst, an attempted bribe, as listed in the Constitution as reasons for impeachment, and at best, a possible felony violation of federal election law. So here's the proof. The call transcript is a blatant ask by Trump for a favor of investigating Biden after Ukraine asked for more help and a meeting. The aid being held up by Trump, the meeting being dangled. That's both sides of it. The Rudy factor screams abuse of power, using that blunt instrument to frustrate normal channels and insist on poison political benefit for this president in the form of a public statement condemning Biden. So probing the facts of wrongdoing and abuse and even bribery may not be the most daunting aspect for the Democrats. That takes me to the second task, convincing Americans that this presidential perfidy warrants removal. Why? There'll be no power in bipartisanship. The impeachment vote shows that. Every interview I do shows that. Here, we have even more hardened battle lines than there were for Clinton. You know, in that case, 31 Democrats moved to impeach. Goose egg from the GOP yesterday. And the only factor that might shake fealty to the president on the right is fear of the voters. But let's think about that. It would seem many people see the wrong, but also see it as part of an industry standard, sadly. Look at the last three years. Promises, expectations of smoking guns and gotchas as implications of the end of Trump, and it never came close to true. Many see a president who will push the limits to win, but apparently almost as many, and I'm talking about the half of independents who don't favor impeachment, not just left and right, They see this as just more of the same in a dirty game. Dems go low to get Trump. He goes low to get them. So why should one side use the rules they seem to abuse to get the other side for abuse? Now, I hear you. You're screaming false equivalency. And maybe you're right. But if that opposite feeling is so baseless, why are the polls so split? So the question becomes, how do you convince people that they should want to see politics cleaned up, especially when the people trying to convince them of that, the Democrats, are seen as part of the problem. 
Now, the right may not want to admit it, but the facts are clear. And the left needs to be clear about their challenge. Of course, the current Ukraine gate is a clear instance of potential abuse of office, and the duty for them is clear to investigate it. Alexander Hamilton said exactly that in the Federalist Papers. This is what he was talking about being a problem. But how do you get the people to believe in removing a problem when they see both sides of this process as part of the problem? That's my argument. Really a question. Now to the bolo. I want you to be on the lookout for Trump's 2020 campaign playbook that may be 2016 all over again and then some. Why? Next. Bolo, be on the lookout. Sources tell CNN the president's administration is considering adding more countries to the travel ban. Yep, same ban that's already been through three iterations because it unlawfully discriminated against Muslims. Why? The play is to boost the base and hope they forget that they didn't get the boost of the promised 3% growth that that tax cut was supposed to bring to justify its deficit-busting nature. Thanks for watching CNN Tonight with D. Lemon now. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.